Taysom Hill back to pass. Now he's going to keep it to the five into the end zone. Touchdown. Middle Tennessee trying to get out of the end zone. BYU wants a safety. Michael Elisa. Touchdown. Quarterback draw. Hill around the right end. There he goes. 50 yards. Second rushing touchdown of the game for Taysom Hill. Opening drive of the third quarter. Elisa wills his way in. Touchdown. Foslev from the 29. He's around the corner. Needs one block. There he goes. And here we go. Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar football bouncing back with a 27-point win over Middle Tennessee. ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich analyzes the good, the bad, and the ugly in Friday's victory. BYU defensive standout Ethan Manu Maliona joins us live to recap another impressive performance by the Cougar D. He'll tell us what has to happen for the Cougars to win the rivalry road trip in Logan Friday. Plus, defending Taysom Hill, receiver J.D. Falsov showing some love for his quarterback and why J.D. says critics need to settle down. Developing news on BYU Sports Nation. Monday matters, folks. Moments ago, BYU Sports Nation receiving word that BYU-Georgia Tech game will be broadcast nationally on ESPNU at 7 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, October 12th. With that, hey, it's the final day of September. Before an October rush of BYU sports, I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guru of BYU Gab, Jerem Jordan, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Fifth-year senior Ethan Manu Malayuna of BYU, a force on one of the nation's top defenses, joining us live to preview that in-state showdown with Utah State. Uh, man, outside the lines... Ethan really is a... Not the show, the actual lines you're saying? Yes, the okay. football-filled lines. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Uh, Ethan is a... He's a big old teddy bear. Intelligent, well-spoken, kind-hearted, but he will dominate you on a football field. Uh, you line up across from him, it is not a good day. Ethan is a force in the middle for BYU. I love his celebration after big plays. Solid. It's the universal symbol for uh, a train whistle. Choo-choo. Yeah. And then Rob Morris turns his head. Exactly. We'll ask Ethan about that. Plus, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Just another Maddich Monday. You're not going to join me on that, Jerem? Uh, once I once he started singing it, it was about three-fourths of the way over, and I thought, I'm too late. <laughs> Fail. Also, J.D. Falslove, great stuff from him in the postgame after Middle Tennessee. Uh, in a lot of ways, unprovoked, he just... Obviously had been hearing a lot of criticism in regard to uh, a guy he knows very well and has roomed with, Taysom Hill, the quarterback for BYU, and uh, the passing woes, if you will. So interesting to see J.D. kind of go out on a limb and just start voicing some opinion. Yeah, lots to discuss on today's show. More details related to Georgia Tech. If you're just joining us, BYU and Georgia Tech, Saturday, October 12th, uh, 12 days out, if if, uh, ESPN hasn't announced what's going to happen with the game, they do 12 days out. So this is this is that day, and uh, just moments ago, BYU Sports Nation uh, finding out that BYU will play Georgia Tech 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. Pre-game coverage starts at 5 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio, and then 6 p.m. countdown to kickoff is on BYU TV. Now the Yellow Jackets coming off their first loss of the season. BYU 2-2 two and two now after a 27-point win over Middle Tennessee. That will be homecoming for the Cougars again. Tradition he- Spirit Honor jerseys. Yes! I'm st- I'm still so confused on how that's going to work. Who's wearing tradition? Who's wearing spirit? Who's wearing honor? That's dr- I have no idea. That's draw straws for that. I I have so many questions about that. I, <laughs> let's we'll ask Ethan Manumaliuna if he knows. <laughs> what are the criteria? The are you, criteria. Which one are you? Are the defensive line tradition, the linebacker spirit, and the secondary honor? Ooh, that's not like bad, how does it that's work? That's not a bad idea. It's the what's Taysom Hill going to be? What's Cody Hoffman going to be? Because you know that's going to be called all day. Okay, on that note, we give you a friendly reminder. You can always listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network 980. You can catch the show on demand every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. That's how you listen, and here is how you, BYU Sports Nation, join our conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. My biggest takeaway from BYU's 37-10 victory over Middle Tennessee was the passing game is fixed. BYU needs to clean up the turnovers. I'm pleased with the step forward. Slow the excitement. 
It was Middle Tennessee. Weigh in right now on BYUTVSports.com and on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. The leader thus far. Slow down the excitement. It was Middle Tennessee. Do you agree with that sentiment right now? Yes. Why? I'm, I'm not overly concerned about the turnovers. I'm, I'm just not. I think, uh, and we joked this morning on the morning show here on BYU Radio at uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, you, you, said some, you said an incorrect fact on accident. Just, it happens. And I thought, you made a mistake. This is not a long-term thing. You're not going to keep messing up on that thing. <laughs> I, it's going to be okay. Just like the turnovers. Now, now, I hear the argument from the fans right now. But there were five! Five! And what happened to J.D. Falls? It was Middle Tennessee. They were terrible. Two fumbles at the goal line. Unexcusable, or as we'll hear, inexcusable. Inexcusable. Well, we'll hear unexcusable. Yeah, we'll, that- oh, yeah. We'll hear the. It was phrased awkwardly, but anyways, <laughs> the point. The point being, it shouldn't happen. You know, I'm not concerned. Honestly, I'm not. I don't think the BYU is going to turn the ball over five times against Utah State. But what if it were five turnovers against what Utah if State? A volcano erupts That's at Romney true. State. You know, what if? Come on. Hy- I know hypotheticals are, are kind of. We don't dwell in hypotheticals yeah. here. We break down what happens and why it happened. I'm probably we do little, play what if though. I'm Let's, probably a little more concerned about five turnovers than you are. Oh, I I'm concerned. I'm just not freaking out because you think, okay, BYU is not playing Middle Tennessee. Five, five turnovers. It's tough to win a game against a good team with five turnovers. BYU didn't do it against Texas or Utah. This is true. Yeah. It was a bad day. Okay. Tune in. Uh, excuse me. I should say voice off, sound off, whatever you want to do. Really, that was... If you have an old school radio, which BYU Radio is not on, it's all digital, baby. SiriusXM, BYUradio.org, Dish Network. What I just did there was unexcusable. Un- in unexcusable <laughs> for, for the Lakers. Oh, if you haven't man. seen that YouTube video, just good neighbor stuff for the Lakers. Fun time. <laughs> Time for What's Trending, Cougar Nation. The first topic. And pass he did. Some areas of our team that I think showed improvement today. I thought we protected for our quarterback better on pass plays. I thought we caught the ball more cleanly. And so, in general, I think our our throwing game took a step forward. 14 for 19 for Taysom Hill. 72%, I believe. I believe we said that Taysom Hill would pass for it. Well, I said anyway. Pass for at least sixty-two percent or sixty-four yes, percent, whatever yes. it was given with, with Robbie Bosco. Yes, yes, you said sixty-two plus, sixty-two plus. So he goes fourteen for nineteen. He didn't throw a ton of passes. Didn't really need to. That's perfect in this offense. I okay. I had a revelation during the game that the standard for BYU uh, total, total offense should be 200, 200. rushing, passing, three hundred yards for Taysom Hill per game is in. Uh, that's not a realistic goal, I don't think. Because BYU's rushing offense is so good. Taysom Hill right now is eighth in the country in total rushing yards. There's only one other quarterback in the top 35. And he's fifth in rushing yards per game. 259 certainly helps you. But when you do what he did on the ground, 165. I know it's Middle Tennessee, but it was Texas as well. And BYU's offense can thrive that way. 200-200. Taysom Hill gets a rise and shout for stepping up amidst the criticism. Yes, it was Middle Tennessee, but you still have to throw the ball accurately. That's still a Division One program. And you're still coming off a loss to Utah where everybody is saying, we don't have a passing quarterback. So what? He's a running back. He is an, he is an elite running back talent that can also... Make a throw. All he's got to do is throw for 50% this year, and I'll be happy as a BYU fan. The dude is an athlete, man. He, that guy can play. Middle Tennessee's coach, Rick Stockstill, said, look, he is a special player. No bones about it. We knew that when we saw him against Texas. The, ex- the exact quote, that quarterback is special. I said it coming in. He was a better passer than he was given credit for. And what did he do? 14 for 19 serviceable, no question, and he runs for 150-plus again. It's not going to be that easy against Utah State like it was against Middle Tennessee. And what we discussed all last week was not that 
whether BYU won the game or not, it was how BYU played and that they pass effectively, and they did. Goal accomplished. All right, now we move to Taysom Hill on the passing game performance last Friday. He said it was a throwback, in a way, to traditional BYU offense. I thought our passing game was really good. I, I think that's uh, traditional BYU football. We threw the ball on first and second down, and we avoided third and longs, and uh, which kept the defense off balance. You know, The D-line wasn't able to, to pin their ear back and, and rush, and they weren't able to drop eight because we are in third and short. So I think that's the difference in the game. Third and short for this BYU offense is critical. Critical, given the run-heavy effort. Because on third and two, on third and three, the chances of getting a first down are exponentially greater because Taysom Hill uh, creates so many problems with his feet. Uh, they don't have to drop back and pass. And then you get Jamal Williams back this week. You get Michael Elisa, Adam Hine, Paul Asike, Cody Hoppin, J.D. Falsov. The weapons to get three yards are all over the field. And so third and short is going to be a huge thing for BYU if they want to have success this season. To me, it's more about first down and second down. Setting up third down that way or just getting the first down before then. Oh, by the way, this just in. Kyle Van Noy named FBS Independent Player of the Defensive Player of the Week. Congrats to Kyle. And his stats? And his stats. Seven tackles, a tackle for loss, a pass breakup, a quarterback hurry. A, mom- quote, momentum-swinging safety. Yeah, a momentum-swinging safety. They made it 10-9. <laughs> really, and you could argue that fumble, that has that, that fumble doesn't happen near the goal line, then BYU doesn't get the safety, right? Correct. Michael Elisa said, listen, Kyle, I know you don't have a safety. Let's <laughs> add to your legacy. Fumble. Oh, Van Noy. Just that was an- the exact conversation. Just another or stroll through the park for Kyle Van Noy. <laughs> the guy's so good. I- BYU fans, you only have three more home games to watch this guy play. Do not uh, forget how good he is. Just enjoy it. Just go watch. I'm going to go watch Kyle Van Noy play tonight. It's so fun. You, we may not see him again for another generation, a guy like him. I think you have to go back to Jason Buck to remember another player that was as dominant. I think Rob Morris uh, wasn't as flashy, but he had a crazy amount of tackles. Solid, uh, yeah. And, yeah. Rob Morris, uh, to me, Rob Morris is the... The best linebacker BYU's ever had. Jason Buck was a tremendous uh, line, defensive lineman and, won, of course, won the, the Outland Trophy and was dominant. But Kyle Van special, special player. His closing ability is, is ridiculous. And he just takes care of problems. If you haven't seen those BYU TV sports commercials, check them out on YouTube. Now, here's something interesting. We're going to start with the J.D. False of, uh, uh wave of... I don't know, defense, if you will, speaking of defense. And he's defending his quarterback, Taysom Hill, and the ability that number four displays. The whole throwing thing isn't necessarily confidence with Taysom. Uh, I I think everybody gets on Taysom about, is his confidence okay, is this okay? If you guys watch the film, it's the receivers, it's the linemen, it's the running backs, the tight ends. First, got to catch the ball. Second, first and foremost, we got to protect so he can throw. And then we got to catch the stinking football. Uh, that's what it comes down to. It's not a confidence issue. Um, and, and it's hard as a teammate to, to see him get so much blame for it when it's not his fault. Uh, plain and simple, guys got to catch the football. Guys got to block. And then everything else is easy. It's just like the punt return. When guys do their job, it makes everything easy. Catch the stinking football. Took the words I, right out of my mouth, Jerem. I, I love how uh, passionate he was. Random story, by the way. So my wife and I are looking at uh, condos, townhomes, a couple months ago. Yeah. The first place, we just look up randomly, you know, locally on KSL.com or Craigslist, whatever. So we, we the first place we go, just randomly in Provo, Taysom Hill and J.D. Falsop's place. <laughs> so I walk in, there's Taysom Hill. What's up, man? They, they take off. I'm like, what am I doing touring their apartment or whatever? Re- Clean dudes. They kept it clean. I was going to say, my first question yeah. is, was it a clean apartment? Yeah. Very good. Well, Falslove and Taysom have room together, so I guess you shouldn't be surprised that J.D. comes to the defense like that in the post game. And like I said, largely unprovoked, but clearly J.D. had been paying attention and hearing uh, some of those things that the, the media were offering up throughout the week about Taysom's lack of passing ability, the 35% completion percentage, it's hard to avoid that. I mean, there was so much of it that some of it's going to sneak through. And I know Bronco Mendenhall preaches, you know, stay away from it as much as you can. But 
there is always going to be some some feedback, some fallout, and and JD really got emotional after the game, uh, and, and just wanted to say, look, look, Taysom is a great athlete, and we need to do our part. If everybody was doing their part, we're doing their part, then it wouldn't be this way. And BYU uh, f- figured it out a little more against Middle Tennessee. Something they didn't figure it out with was holding on to the ball. No, I hit on it right away. Uh, hit on it at halftime. Uh, I didn't wait and then hit on it again today um, because it's um, that can get in the way of um, our team having the kind of season and progress that I'd like to see. And so it was evident to everyone to wait wouldn't do anybody any good. So I hit it at halftime and at the finish. The worry is not that BYU turned it over five times against Middle Tennessee. That's not the worry. Because in that game, it doesn't matter. BYU could have turned it over eight or nine times and still won. It's that it's going to happen against uh, better opponents. It's that it's going to happen Friday against Utah State, and it's going to cost the Cougars the game. That's the concern. So, uh, like Bronco Mendenhall said, those are, those are unacceptable. And especially when you go into the blue zone. BYU had two fumbles in the blue zone at the goal line. Here's what Taysom Hill had to say about that. You know, it's inexcusable. We have to clean that up. And, um, you know, we get in, into a close game, we can't, we can't do that. And that's two weeks in a row that we've left a lot of points um, on the field from our red zone performance. And so that's, that will be the focus uh, going into Utah State. If you take away those two fumbles at the goal line that, that, uh, and, and uh, J.D. Falsov's punt return and inside, what, the BYU's 30? It's probably 51-3 to three or more for BYU in that game. Then you come out of it saying, man, we played awesome in that game. Uh, instead, there's something to work on. You know what? I'm okay with having something to work on out of Middle Tennessee. Five turnovers is just about as bad a thing you can do out of a win as there is. But I'm okay with that. I, I don't think that BYU has a turnover problem just because it happened in the last game. Now, Steve Young told us on BYU Sports Nation a couple of weeks ago, you always want to learn in a situation where at least you win the game, but there are still a lot of learning points and talking points, and Middle Tennessee provided that for BYU. Uh, The Cougars showed enough uh, to gain some confidence, get some optimism back in the program and in the fan base uh, heading into Utah State, but they still made a lot of mistakes. Five turnovers. I'm, again, I'm probably a little more concerned about five turnovers. I don't care who it's against, five turnovers. But I will say this in agreement with you. Get it out of the way against Middle Tennessee and not against Utah State or Georgia Tech or Boise State. It doesn't have to happen, of course. So it is, con- it is concerning that way. But I, I really think that BYU's ball security was, was really good against superior competition in the first three games. Topic number three, a one-game suspension for Cody Hoffman. Yeah, I mean, I love those guys, and uh, when I found out Cody was going to be out, I, d- I didn't worry about it one bit. I had conversations with uh, Ross and, and Mitch and those guys, and I said, hey, this is your opportunity, man. It's Take it, take advantage of it. I trust you, and um, step up, and that's what they did. BYU quarterback Taysom Hill on Cody Hoffman and him missing the game against Middle Tennessee, but the opportunity that it grants to a number of other receivers to take advantage and play well. Uh, Only 19 passes thrown again, but he did distribute the ball uh, across the field. Ross Oppo was way more involved than he's been uh, in a while. Uh, He wasn't flashy. He wasn't outstanding, but he was solid. He was consistent. Four catches, 38 yards. J.D. Falsov, just one catch, by the way, 27 yards. Matthews got involved. Uh, So you started to see... Some of that receiving core that everybody was so high on during fall camp. Everyone came back. Like literally almost every guy. And so for this group not to thrive right now is a little disappointing, but they played much better against Middle Tennessee. And they're not going to get 40, recep- 40 receptions in a game. It's, the, it's just not going to happen. It's, gonna be, it's not going to be 14 of 19, but it's going to be a lower number than BYU is used to because the ground game runs this offense. The depth at wide receiver is definitely there. So maybe a question that we ask now is, BYU Sports Nation, and, and tweet us your thoughts at BYU Sports Nation, do you care if BYU becomes a run-heavy offense, even with Taysom passing the ball better? Are you okay with the Jerem's 200-200 mark? Or are you okay with running for 250 yards and passing for 150? 
I think most people would say, I don't care what it is as long as BYU wins football games. There is something to style points, but as long as Taysom Hill is the quarterback, you've got to you've got to just realize that that is BYU's best uh, option to win the game is Taysom Hill's running ability, which is excellent. We're talking about the greatest rushing quarterback in BYU history. He's he's gonna he's gonna do it. He's second all time in a single season through four games already. Here's your fun. He's fa- amazing. Yeah. Here's your fun fact of the day, Jeremy. What did you tell me this morning about? So this yards morning I looked carry? this up. Be- Taysom Hill is number one in BYU history for any player yards per carry, 7.4. More than Luke Staley, more than Harvey Younger, more than anybody. That's including sacks. That's with sacks in there. It's 7.6 without sacks. Minimum 50 carries in that. Yes. 7.6. Every time he touches the ball, 7.4 yards. So what's unflashy about that? What's unflashy about that? Use it. Do it. It's the risk of injury. There's a lot of things that go with that. But he is an excellent runner. The best rushing quarterback in the country. Well, Taysom picking up the slack where Cody Hoffman was not available certainly helped the Cougars. Head coach Bronco Mendenhall laying out details of Hoffman's suspension, saying, for now, it's one game. But again, like Bronco does with other players, it depends on what Cody does. In working with the university, it's one game at this point. I have um, I have other standards for him as well that he'll have to meet, or there could be another suspension um, if those standards aren't met um, over the next four weeks. So Cody Hoppin in a similar situation as linebacker Spencer Hadley in that it's conditional. Uh, your performance, your behavior will matter if you want to get back and involved with the BYU football team in the game schedule immediately. you got to show me that you're going to change. So not a big surprise. Bronco places a lot of uh, emphasis on following team rules and making sure that everybody's in line and in accordance. He wants to keep this football team under control. And let me just say this really quickly. Some people are like, is it time to discuss BYU's football program going out of control again? Slow down, okay? Yeah, there have been a couple of incidents that have happened close together, but this, this, is, not ten, this is not 10 years ago. Isn't that 10 years ago? Something like this happens every year. It just happened to be that it was two starters. Uh, you know, of course, the Joe Sampson incident at last year and O'Neill Chambers and even Harvey Young a couple years ago. Stuff like this happens. But the great, the great thing is, is that BYU stands alone in that you have certain rules, and if you break them, no matter who you are, if you're Brandon Davies on a, a Final Four potential kind of team, like you're, you're out. And so it is disappointing we don't know what it was with Hoffman. It doesn't matter. But he was out for that game, and hopefully he does what he needs to do with Bronco to play in this Utah State game because he is a great receiver, and BYU could definitely use him. Well, the Cougars are certainly going to rely on Cody and a number of other stars, including our first guest today on BYU Sports Nation, senior defensive lineman Ethan Manu Maleuna had six tackles, one of them for a loss against the Blue Raiders. We'll talk to Ethan right now. The man, Ethan Manu Maleuna, joining BYU Sports Nation. Ethan, how are you doing on a Monday? Great, great. How are you guys? We're feeling good. Appreciate the time, and uh, let's get right to it. You had a great performance against Middle Tennessee, but what else is new? You've been so consistent there at the nose tackle position. How has the BYU defense continued to thrive coming off a record-setting season last year? Um, you know, it, it's just how the defense is... is uh is made by Coach Mendenhall. He has a system, um, and he has a, a type of uh, a works um, uh, a system where we prepare ourselves through practice and you know shows and games. So uh, he's always had a standard, a very high standard for his defense. And you know, it, whoever comes in, we'll find the guys to uh, to play the position that they need to play, and, and we'll make this defense uh, the way it is. So. Uh, especially coming off of last year's defense, um, it, it set a high standard, um, but we had higher expectations for this season. Chatting with Ethan Manu Malayuna, fifth-year senior for the BYU football team. Ethan, uh, first things first. If you don't get hurt last year, Ziggy Ansah is not the fifth pick in the draft. Let's just let's just. How much of his salary is is should be yours? And have you had that discussion with Ziggy? I uh, I texted. I told him, you know, you owe me some gas money for, for, for picking you up and bringing you to, to campus almost every day. No, it's it's, it's very. Um, I, I see that as a blessing uh, for me. 
and for Ziggy. Uh, obviously, for Ziggy uh, going that high and playing the way he is now. I mean, step. I don't think uh, watching him in the NFL now. Um, so it, I see it as a blessing. I think it was meant to be to be that way uh, for him to get a chance. And you know, he's come a long way. He has a great story. Very uh, inspirational um, person and. Uh, I'm just very happy and proud of, of where he is right now. And BYU needed you on this team. Let's let's you know think about it. Bronson is young. Remington Peck is young. Both talented, but you've anchored that defensive line effectively. How much leadership have you felt tutoring those young guys? Uh, whether I, I wanted it or not, the, the leadership role was placed on me since I've been here for uh, quite a while. So, uh, and having these young guys who definitely have talent. Um, I think it was a blessing to, to be with them and to come back this year to help them out. And they've done a tremendous job. Uh, they're willing to learn, and you know, and I'm willing to share to what I have, uh, not only to those guys, but the rest of the, the young guys that came in that, played, that are playing D-line uh, this year that are going to be um, important factors in the years to come. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a role that I've, I've taken and, and, and accepted, um, and it's been a, a great journey so far uh, to help these guys out. BYU fifth-year senior nose tackle Ethan Manu Maleuna joining BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Ethan, Bronco Mendenhall told me last Thursday that after the Utah loss, it was the lowest he had ever seen the BYU team in terms of disappointment. How tough was it to go on a short week and get up for Middle Tennessee to get back in the win column? It was tough. It um. You know, we emphasize this how big of a game that is. Uh, we didn't treat it as as such before. Uh, we wanted to treat it as you know, it's not another game to us. And so, having that mindset going into that week, uh, actually before even before fall camp, we had that mindset. Uh, it was very disappointing coming out with the loss. Um, Talking to Ethan Manu Maliuna here on BYU Sports Nation. The BYU-Utah State uh, game has taken a turn for the more competitive. 2010, they win the game in Logan. Uh, Jaime Hill is fired. The season is salvaged. You know, you go to a bowl game, finish 7-6. Uh, and six. And then 2011 and 12 are both really close games. Ethan, this, the, the game with Utah State is a little bit different. Your thoughts on the rivalry with the Aggies now? Did we lose Ethan? I think we may have lost Ethan. We'll try and or get Or he him, was but... just really upset at that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, Jerem. I don't want to talk about it. We'll try and get Ethan back in just a moment. But let's talk about uh, what he said coming out the Utah loss and the short week. They beat Middle Tennessee, and now they go into Utah State, who are led by one of the nation's premier quarterbacks, who's responsible for uh, a number of touchdowns. I believe he's in the top five in the country in t- as far as touchdowns uh, whether with his legs or through the air. And so Chucky Keaton is an absolute star. Can BYU do enough to slow him down? Let's ask Ethan. Ethan rejoins us here on uh, BYU Sports Nation. Ethan, uh, thoughts on Chucky Keaton and w- what makes him so difficult to defend? Oh, it's obvious on the on, on TV and on film. He's very athletic, uh, very shifty, very fast and smart. I saw one play uh, this morning watching film on him. He, he can throw on the run, and it's uh, something that's uh, a factor that we need to to be prepared for. It's going to be a challenge. He's very good, um, and it's going to be a, a big game coming up. Talking with Ethan Manu Maleuna, a nose tackle on a very stout BYU defensive front seven. Ethan, have you played in Logan before? I know. Oh, actually, I know you have. What was your experience uh, like there last time, and are you looking forward to it? Man, it's, it's just an experience that I don't want to think about right now because it, <laughs> it was a very rough time. I remember playing nose guard uh, 2010 up in Logan. It was, it was a, it was a, it wasn't a good, an, it wasn't a good experience for me. I didn't do too well that game, um, and the fans were were pretty much in our ears the whole time, and it was just a hostile environment. It's, it, it wasn't a. a a pretty outcome, obviously. Um, so this year we we want to uh, to be prepared as much as we can, um, the best way that we can. And you know, I I feel that we can. Uh, having a great week of practice will prepare us uh, physically and mentally. Um, so 
it was a it was a tough loss, um, rough circumstance for us uh, after the game. Um, if you guys remember, but uh, yeah, uh, we're up for for the the tough challenge uh, this upcoming week. I don't remember what you just referenced after the game. Oh, uh, I think it was uh, Jaime Hill. I think he got. Oh, released. okay. I thought you yeah. meant something on the field with the uh, fans or something. Oh no no yeah no. sorry no. yeah the defense yeah it w- it was a rough weekend uh, definitely yeah. well best of luck uh, this Friday against Utah State uh, and uh, enjoy class today all right thank you okay. Ethan thanks for your time Ethan Manu Maliunya Una what did you, you just say you know what I love more than me messing that up right there Brian Logan saying that on the pregame show on BRTV. he won't even he, say it he can't say it yeah he, he doesn't even try Ethan Manu Maliuna. Yeah, Brian was. He'll just say Ethan, and then he'll point to a lemon Harrington, <laughs> the local, the resident Polynesian. Uh, Ethan, a class act and a great football player, blocked that field goal against UCLA back in 2007 to win the Las Vegas Bowl. He's been around for a long time. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich weighs in on BYU special teams play and oh, so much more. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, this is Johnny Harleen, and you're listening to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Thank you, Johnny. Tonight on True Blue at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time with Dave McCann, J.D. Falslev in studio to discuss the Middle Tennessee game and look ahead to the Utah State game. Get a front row view with True Blue tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. You can follow us on Twitter at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Today's poll question about Middle Tennessee and your takeaway from that game. Jerem, can you update our results right now? Surely, surely I can. As I say that, I'm refreshing the page. Uh, (laughs) Leading the way at 48%. Slow the excitement. It was Middle Tennessee, followed by an exact tie. Wow. Between I'm pleased with the step forward and BYU needs to clean up the turnovers. Zero, oh, uh, 1%. The passing game is fixed. <laughs> I'd like to know that one person, that one percent. Maybe well, it's maybe it's more than one person. It, it could be a thousand. <laughs> Coming up in just a few moments, ESPN's Trevor Maddich weighing in on BYU and that game against Middle Tennessee. We'll get his national perspective from Bristol, Connecticut, on where the Cougars stand approaching the Utah State game. Trevor is a man who understands rivalries very well, whether it be against Utah or Utah State. So we'll dive into that subject with him and break down the Cougars and Aggies just a little bit. If you're just joining us, let's recap some of the news that's come out this morning. The BYU-Georgia Tech game that's slated for Saturday, October 12th, will be played on ESPNU at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That means pregame coverage for BYU Radio starts at 5 p.m., followed by countdown to kickoff at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, Kyle Van Noy is the FBS Defensive Player of the Week, uh, and Ethan Manu Maliuna joined us uh, a few months ago, minutes ago. And the one thing that stuck out to me that he mentioned was, Chucky Keaton is so tough because he can throw well on the run. And, ha- and I watched the entire San Jose State game from Friday. The Aggies played the Spartans at the same exact time BYU played Middle Tennessee. He is so good because he is a great runner. He does this kind of gallop thing that's once he gets going, he's tough to slow down. And he, Ethan's right. He throws well. In the pocket, he's amazing. But when he, when he rolls out, he's really good. This game is going to be a tough game for BYU and Logan. And uh, I'm... Super excited for it. I think it's a great matchup between BYU's stellar defense and Chucky Keaton in that offense. Yeah, very intriguing uh, juxtaposition there. Chucky reminds me of Russell Wilson, although he's a little bit taller Mm -hmm. and a little bit leaner, not as stocky as Russell Wilson, but he has the same type of ability in his game. I mean, I watched Russell Wilson against the Houston Texans yesterday against a very good defense, make some incredible plays with his feet, going out of bounds, making throws down the sideline. Great decisions. Yeah, he just doesn't make a lot of mental mistakes. Chucky does not make a ton of mistakes. Uh, and so your defense is going to have to be extremely proactive. If you're if you're Utah State, you're just kicking yourself like you did last year in close games again. They just can't figure it out in close games for some reason. Where it's they're up at Utah, probably should have won that game. They lose by four. Up by nine in the third quarter. Yeah, in the third quarter. And seemed to slow it down a little bit. Chucky got hurt when inside the 10. He had to come out for a play. They didn't really get a good play. They... Kick a field goal. Uh, they should have won that game. Then at USC, USC's defense is really good. It's the offense that's struggling. They fire Lane Kiffin over the weekend. Uh, the same night as the game 
that's wild. We'll ask Trevor Maddish about that. Yeah. And so they lose by three. They're seven points away from being 4-0. Chucky Keaton's a top 10 Heisman candidate, and they're ranked 18th or something. That's, that, that hurts. You think about where BYU's at. And th- T- Taysom Hill would be in the same category. If BYU was 4-0, and uh, and people would notice, when you win, people notice you just a little more. You're just a little more appealing nationally. And BYU's Taysom Hill would be a top 10 or top 15 Heisman Trophy candidate. This is, a, this is an intriguing game for so many reasons. Yeah. Both teams are 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. Think they should be. Think they're better than two and think two. Think they should be four and zero. Oh. Yeah, and so there's their capabilities there, uh, very evenly matched. And then you mentioned Chucky Keaton and that offense. Hashtag versus, Chucky for Heisman, right? Is that what the movement that's going? Or hashtag Block for Taters if you're a BYU fan. <laughs> hashtag Van Noy's coming. <laughs> Look out. Hashtag Everything needs a hashtag. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. BYU and Utah State duking it out on Friday night for the old wagon wheel. BYU Radio's pregame coverage starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff will begin at 7. The game is on BYU Radio and CBS College Sports at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 Mountain. Both BYU Radio and BYU TV will have live postgame coverage immediately following the game. I'm very much looking forward to going to Romney Stadium. Yeah, this will be your first experience as the road reporter because there's been one road game. That spot previously, you know, Robbie Bullough the last two years did that. Um, and Dave and Blaine went to Virginia. So now this is your first time in Logan. Have you seen BYU-Utah State in Logan? I have not watched Football. BYU and Utah State play live in Logan. So I'm very excited to see that. 25,000-plus. It's going to be nuts. Those those fans are great. What are they? Ben Bagley, our producer, went to went to Utah State. They called the Herd, right? H-U-R-D. Is that the student section name? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's the Herd. Ben Bagley, huge Utah State fan. And... and He's an Adopted alum. BYU fan now. That's that's true. Well, I say fan. He covers the Cougars, so and you work for BYU. You got to become a BYU fan a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the Cougars and Aggies. Uh, it's their fans. The thing that makes their fans so engaging is they're so educated. Yeah, they're very united. The, the Rock has done a much better job this year of being a single unit. I think the BYU is establishing something there. There's the Moss at Utah. The herd. Three great student sections. Utah State fans will find out your ex-girlfriends and whatnot, and, and they will harass you about that stuff. They they are so invested in the Aggies, and I love that. It's what makes college football great. Also, what makes college football great, A-plus an- analysis, and we get that from Trevor Maddich every Monday. It is another Maddich Monday, and we welcome in Trevor to hit on quite a few topics today. We'll start with special teams from BYU. We saw some good, some bad, and some ugly. Trevor, what was your take? Well, there was some good, some bad, and some ugly. And I'll tell you this, though, the good, I mean, Hine has the 90-yard kickoff return. That's good, although he'll get a lot of grief for getting chased down on that one in the (laughs) film room. I mean, when you win, if you ever get chased down from behind, you'll get lots of good-natured ribbing. But but that was positive. And then, of course, J.D. Falslev's 71-yard punt return for a touchdown. But, wow, those muff punts. The thing about special teams is that, Usually when you turn it over on special teams, you put yourself in a position against an evenly matched opponent to lose that game. And when you watch those, those muff punts, they both came on times when he had to go outside the hash and run laterally to catch up to that football as it came down and try to make the catch. And he didn't get over there in time. And what he needs to know, and they'll coach him up on this, is that that if he can't get square under that football and catch it with good sound technique, then he just needs to let that thing go. That's a mental mistake. And the good news for BYU on that is that that's easily correctable because it's not a matter of not being able to physically do the job. It's a matter of making the decision as to making the attempt to do the job. The the 71-yard touchdown, the ball was kicked right down the middle. He fielded it on the hash. And so it was easy for him to set up under that ball. So I'm not worried about Falslev's muffed punts uh, because if it happens again, now I worry because then he'd be obstinate and uncoachable. But Falslev is anything but uncoachable. He's a good kid, and they'll coach him up. He'll be all right. Talking with Trevor Maddich of ESPN, former Cougar national champion, lineman on that 84 team. Trevor, last week we talked a lot about Taysom Hill's arm and completing a forward pass, 14 of 19 in BYU it seemed like simplified the offense to where he could be in a position to make easier throws. Well, they simplified it a little bit. They slowed it down a little bit so he could think about it a bit. And the receivers, lo and behold, caught the football, which was helpful. The offensive line did a good job of protecting him. 
it's not all Taysom. You know, there's, there's other people associated with the struggles. But one thing I noticed, though, is that when he has a clear idea where to go with the football and throws it on time, he usually throws it pretty accurately when it's a shorter throw. I mean, he'll, he'll, whether it's a rollout or a drop back, he'll plant that foot and go. When it's on time, the ball's in position to be caught. When he has to scramble around a bit or when he has to throw it a bit deeper, I think that's when he struggles. So they gave him a really good opportunity to have those kinds of passes that were basically 0 to 10 yards in the air for most of the game where he could just throw it on time and gain, and gain that experience. I don't know that it's confidence. I just think it's a rhythm that he needs to gain. Although one thing that I've noticed with him as well is that when he tries to throw the ball over the first level, in other words, there's linebackers or a corner underneath in a cover two situation, and he's got to loft it over one level and drop it into the next, especially on the sideline, you see him throw it out of bounds a lot. And I'm actually okay with that because there's subtlety to the trajectory of a football that all young quarterbacks need to learn. Sometimes you fire the ball like it's shot out of a laser. Sometimes you need to take some speed off of it. And other times you need to loft it kind of high, way high, depending on what the coverage is and the, the route is. And what you see with Taysom is when he throws that ball deep down the field, he still tries to throw it on a laser at all times. So that subtlety of the trajectory is something that he's working on. And I would rather him throw that thing like a laser out of bounds if two defenders are converging on a bracket, on a receiver, on the sideline, rather than try to force it in and get an interception. So some of his incompletions, I think, are actually smart decisions on his part. Given Taysom Hill's skill set with his ability to move and obviously run the ball effectively, are you okay with a benchmark of 200 rushing yards, 200 passing yards for this BYU football team? Yeah, I mean, that would be fine. Although, really, it depends on the, the dictates of the game. What you have is defenses that will dictate in some ways what the play calling will be. If they tend to stack the line of scrimmage, you'll throw more. And if they tend to back off, then you'll tend to run it more. And a lot of that has to do with, with what the play calls are because of the go-fast, go-hard um, speed of it. There's not a whole lot of checking at the line. There's some, but not as much as if they huddled up and came up to the line with 25 seconds to go on the play clock. So that balance needs to be dictated by what the defense will give. And that's something that Taysom is also learning, that – you don't need to have a home run every play. It's okay to be second and six. It's actually really good to be second and six. If the defense gives you four yards someplace, take it. Then if they give you another four someplace else, identify that place and take it. And if the yards don't always add up and the stats aren't always good, but you're moving the chains, then you have what you need. Because when BYU gets a lot of first downs, they wear out that opponent. When they don't get a lot of first downs, like against Utah, they ran like 95 plays, I think, against Utah. But they were poor in their third down conversion percentage. They're around 25%, if I remember correctly. So the Utah defense kept getting opportunities to rest. And so the home run, the big stats, I don't care about that. Give me second and six every time, and I'm happy. The big plays will come on their own. Chatting with Trevor Maddich of ESPN, former Cougar lineman as well. Uh, Kyle Van Noy did something that he's never done, which is get a safety in this game, so that adds to his legacy a little bit. But I know you're a huge fan of the way that he, he takes angles defensively. This guy is crazy. It's one of those things where it's just talent. You can't really teach what Van Noy does a lot of the time because he's got this knack to know where the ball is, where the ball's going, what the position of the blocker is, and how to take the right angle to both make it difficult on the blocker to get squared up on him and get a good purchase with a block and be in a position to still cut off that football. And that happened on that safety. He was on the defensive left side. He ducked inside the blocker and just got an arm on the runner's uh, leg to trip him up. And the angle that he took was not too much that he would be out of position with the path of the back. At the same time, he didn't go straight at where the path of the ball carrier was because that wouldn't have put him at the right angle to easily defeat the blocker. And that's just such a knack. I just look at him do this over and over again. He, he as a blocker, frustrates you because there's always – a sweet spot for a blocker where you're in front of a guy, you get your hands on him, and you can pound him physically. And as a blocker, you just can't get that on Van Noy because he's always taking an angle with you so that only half of you can engage him. 
but he's engaging that half with 100% of his body. Just watch the angles that he takes as the season unfolds because you don't see it as completely fantastically as you see it with this guy with most other players, even All-American players. Could you have blocked him, Trevor? Oh, yeah, I'd have crushed him. We just had to ask that one. Yeah, no, I can say that now because, you know, he'll... (laughs) Uh, Self-delusion has always worked for me. (laughs) Trevor, one of your ESPN cohorts is Mel Kuyper, NFL draft expert. He has Kyle Vannoy listed as the second-best outside linebacker in the country. He's a projected first-run NFL draft pick, and rightly so. He does a lot of things really well. How do you feel like his skills will translate to the NFL game? His skills right now will translate exceptionally well in a, in a narrow role. In other words, as a pass rusher, as a third down kind of guy, as a player in space, right now he'd be one of the best in the NFL. The, one of the things the scouts want him to work on is the caveman side of his game. In other words, not taking that great angle on the blocker so the blocker can't really hit him, but rather face mask to face mask, man to man, just, Neanderthal the guy and that kind of physical play is what he'll need to stand up to and excel at in order to be able to be an every down player in the NFL and he's gotten better at that this year he's, you, you can see him at times just take on a block and, and do a very good job of taking on that block and that's what I think the scouts want to see now even barring that as he develops in that capability still you put him out there on, on a passing situation and tell him to go get the quarterback this is a quarterback league and you've got to get to him quickly now because in the NFL, they've taken away the secondary's ability to disrupt receivers. You can't even touch him after five yards, and now they've taken away other things, ways to hit him and things like that, so that it's become a, a high-scoring passing league where a 400-yard day by a quarterback is no big deal anymore. That used to make news. Now it's like, ah, oh, so what? Seven guys had 400-yard games today. Well, Van Noy can close with the quarterback quickly enough to disrupt those short throws. So even if he doesn't come into the league with that great power game all the way up to his full capability because he's still developing it, he'll still be very valuable. Talking with Trevor Maddich of ESPN. And Trevor, a lot going on in coaching circles with Mac Brown's name with Texas and, of course, Lane Kiffin fired and whatnot. Will Bronco Mendenhall's name continue to come up in these kinds of circles uh, I'm not I'm not sure at what level but I know he interviewed with UCLA a couple years ago just to kind of see what it was like do you think his name's considered and for some of these kinds of jobs yeah I think it is considered there, there are a couple reasons why first of all he's a proven winner another thing is that he will not embarrass your program and there have been some coaches and some players that have embarrassed their program some coaches that have allowed players to embarrass their program in recent years and with social media and all the the ways it can be reported now uh, boosters don't like that university presidents don't like that you have to be a winner first and bronco is but he's also a guy that'll represent your program so you know i think right now people look at what he's been able to accomplish at byu with the honor code and realize that if he came to their school he would want to recruit similar type of character players and he would win because he wins at BYU with it and there there are fewer restrictions so more guys would be capable of getting into school and because of that I think Bronco is a guy that any school should want and a lot of schools will put on their short list to consider now if if I'm Bronco not if I'm Bronco I hope he doesn't leave because he is perfect for BYU But what BYU fans need to know is that Bronco Mendenhall is not just a good coach for BYU in a narrow role at a religious school. Bronco Mendenhall is as good as any coach out there. He can compete with the best of the best given given a a fair level playing field. So, you know, you got to watch out and you got to do everything you can to make sure that he's happy that he wants to stay. Trevor Maddich, we thank you for the time. The only man that could consistently block Kyle Van Noy uh, in his heyday, correct? <laughs> block him, crush him. Crush. Him. <laughs> crush. Thanks, I'm Trevor. Kidding, by the way, those on, with your thumbs weren't out on Twitter right now. I'm joking. It's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate the time. Always great to meet with you on Maddich Monday. All right, guys. Utah State coming up. Big one on Friday. ESPN's Trevor Maddich, always a spectacular uh, interview and man, the guy just understands college football. And I loved what he said about Taysom Hill. What he develops next, he said that subtlety of the trajectory. It's not always just a laser. Peyton it's, Manning is the master of that, by yeah, the way. A certain route and and in a certain angle requires a certain kind of throw. So the great stuff from Trevor. 
Coming up, the Cougar Whip Round gets you up to speed with the rest of BYU Athletics. Plus, today's rise and shout. Whoa, look out. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton here. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar <laughs> Whip Around. Oh, that's fantastic. Women's volleyball. The Cougars extended their win streak to six games on Saturday with a sweep of WCC newcomer Pacific. Alexa Gray and Tamber Haddock led the Cougars with a combined 23 kills. And listen uh, to probably the play of the game right here. 18-6 BYU. The back set from Boswell to Gray. Amy Boswell, 6'4", freshman, middle blocker, sets up Alexa Gray on a beautiful, beautiful cross-court winner. Aaron, thanks for playing that music again. I was digging that. I was like, oh, I want some more of that music. Women's soccer, BYU's preparing for its final non-conference game of the season with Baylor this Friday on the road. The Cougars have lost 3 of 4, looking to get back on track. Tennis. This week, the men's tennis team participating in the ITA All-American Championships held in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tennis matters! Tennis, man, tennis just took a, a leap forward when you play it with this music. Yeah, tennis, let's go! Know, right? Let's go down to the ITA All-American Championships. Hey, listen, when you see Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal play in person, you get you Oh, certain- no, I, I like tennis, just what we're saying isn't the most exciting thing in the world right now, you know? But nope. with that music, boom, let's go! No, Jerem. We're arguing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up on tomorrow's show, Blaine Fowler, former BYU quarterback, will weigh in on the BYU-Utah State game. I know he has uh, some interesting thoughts that he'll get out on True Blue tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Uh, Should be be a lot of fun uh, this week leading up to another rivalry game. And I'm really glad that this game is more meaningful because Utah State's competitive. They took it to BYU in 2010, and then in 2011... Riley Nelson comes back, saves the day. The BYU fans storm the field. You know what that meant? This is a rivalry. We take you seriously. Little brother, no, no, no. It's e- it's, we're going to be equal. And then last year, BYU escaped 6-3. It's going to be an intense good game. I'm going to say something that may shock you and a lot of BYU sports Do nation. it. If BYU wins in Logan, I don't care if they win in Madison or in South Bend, I feel like this will be the most telling, most rewarding road victory of the year. Wow. It's a huge if. Okay. Today's rise and shout goes to a guy from the Logan area, J.D. Falsev. Fumbled several times, had the punt return, but he owned it in the postgame, and he's coming on True Blue tonight. He gets today's rise and shout. Also for defending Taysom Hill. Hey, big thanks to our guests, Ethan Manumalayuna and Trevor Maddich, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Shaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Thanks for listening to BYU Sports Nation.